Welcome to the Financial Advisors Workshop, where Brian Castle, founder of Four Star Wealth in Chicago, interviews the most successful financial advisors in America to hear exactly how they grew their businesses to 100 million and beyond. Before we dive into the interview, please go to financialadvisorsworkshop.com and download your copy of our free guide on how to find ultra high net worth clients. Let's start the show. Here's Brian. Welcome everyone to the Financial Advisors Workshop. Financial Advisors Workshop is a four-star podcast and video series, and we're here to talk to fabulous people that work in our industry. Um, literally millions of Americans work with financial advisors, and those advisors do planning, they do investing, they do maybe taxes, all different types of things. And that's again, the purpose of this of this series. So today we have a really great org-based CFP named Laura Holcomb, who is with us today. Laura, welcome uh, to the Four Star Today's Market Explained Financial Advisor Workshop podcast. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Good. Glad you are. And uh, you're at Resource Financial Planning uh, mm -hmm. is the name of your company. So uh, tell us about your company. Um, we we are actually celebrating our 40th anniversary this year, which is really exciting. Um, the founders are no longer there, so it's kind of turned into the next, turned over to the next generation. Um, but we, you know, since we've been around so long, we're multi-generational. And I have been with the company 20 years this year. So kind of two celebrations in one. And I'm really proud to be at one place for 20 years. And it's an independent um, financial planning um, company so we can do what is in the client's best interests nice. we have been bought and sold by a couple different ones right now we're under aig uh, sorry sorry advisor group it used to be aig many many years ago so okay. but they let us do what we want to do so okay. i mean they have compliance gets in there every once in a while but generally we can serve the clients and do what is in the client's best interest without having to worry about you know, headquarters telling us to do certain things. Right. So does headquarters do that sometimes once in a while? Um, well, you know, we have the rules and regulations. They just put out something new where if someone um, starts up an auto withdrawal or pulls out more than $100,000, then compliance may reach out to the clients and verify that. And that started August 1st. I'm not sure if it's with everyone, but we have to do that. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a compliance thing. We have to, to go with it. And stuff so it's good overall it's just okay. a pain in the butt <laughs> oh okay okay all right uh great well so you got into this business now it's 20 years ago and and you said that you really enjoy working with people and helping with their financial goals but how did you get in did you 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 mentioned the firm changed a bunch of times now you're with an advisor group affiliate um did you start out as a financial advisor at another firm and then move over a Merrill no. Lynch or something like that? No. Um, I have a computer background. I was a business systems analyst. So taking okay. computer specs and converting them into something um, understandable. And um, I turned 40 and realized I'm getting kind of too old to reinvent myself, to stay up with the computer industry. And I oh. myself, had a financial advisor. I had, um, I sold a house and made a little bit of money. So, um, you know, I was recommended to this one financial advisor 
So I chatted with her and I've always loved finances since about 18. I started doing my first investment at 18. All right. I thought, you know, I don't want to be in the computer industry anymore. That's just too much for yeah. as we get older, you know, you know, we get old, we get slower and everything and stuff. So, and I love finances. So I chatted with her. I chatted with the owner of the company and um, started with them and have been at the same company ever since. So have never left. Okay. So you sat in the same chair essentially, but the firms keep changing. Yeah. Yeah. And the now is AIG, which was, is now part of the advisor group. Yes. And I think they've changed their name to SagePoint, if I'm correct. I could be wrong Sage, on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're a SagePoint affiliate. Very good. And how is that working out? Is that is that good? Is the firm good? Um, I think it's great. I mean, it's good enough that um, we've <clears> never <throat> wanted to leave. They let us do what we want to do. Um, they give us a fair payout, we feel. And the people I work with, you know, at my individual branch, there's three of us as main advisors. And we all we all have different opinions and different thoughts, but we come right. together, figure out what is best for the company. So it's great. I love it. They let every advisor really run it the way they want to. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, you got some things you can't go rogue, but um, and none of us want to. But yeah, we get to run. <laughs> going get rogue to run. wouldn't be good. That would not no. be good. Uh, excellent. So um, you you uh, mentioned to me that you teach some classes at a Portland community college. So, well, you know, why are you doing that? And how does, does that help your business? And um, yes, and we did that more so pre COVID. We taught um, a couple classes every term. And it's just reaching out to the community. Um, it was sponsored through the local community college. So it gave us a little bit of credibility there. And we had been teaching classes, and this is all pre-COVID. Um, I'm thinking we were the longest running, longest tenured teachers, especially in the finance area. So I'm going to say 35 plus years we had been teaching. And then COVID hit, everything shut down. You know, we didn't know how to teach virtual, didn't know if we wanted to. And we were starting to get enough clients coming in from our referrals which is a nice thing that we did better with referrals than we had done in classes recently. Oh, okay. but, but I do have a passion to teach youth. And so we haven't started up the um, classes for the adults yet. And I don't know if we ever will, but I, uh, we just finished a session and it was for high schoolers and our local community college does um, just a kind of a, a grouping, you know, of classes just for young kids. And okay. I have been doing that, I'm going to say seven plus years. I'm not sure exactly how many years. I should probably okay. look it up. Okay. And it's just teaching high schoolers, ninth graders to 12th graders, just what is credit? Why do you need to save? What's a Roth IRA? What's a stock? What's a bond? Just right. kind of get them going and teach them. And then um, a couple years ago, we started teaching classes for the 21 and above crowd. And as, as my daughter says, um, let my mom come and buy you a beer and pizza because we have it at a local brew pub we're oregon it's a brew pub so brew pub, <laughs> let yeah, my right. mom buy you a uh, beer <clears throat> and pizza so she can tell you how not to buy beer and pizza <laughs> okay oh, that's awesome so you know, you're you're a, you're a um a bit of a talker and uh, you've also been part Sorry. of toastmasters so tell me tell me about and tell our group about the toastmasters experience Oh, 
I took Toastmasters, um, you know, at the beginning of my uh, career out of college. I was probably a couple of years out of college and realized I just got very scared in front of people. And so someone recommended me, you know, to go to Toastmasters. I remember my first speech, I was visibly shaking, <laughs> you know, and, and you just you just waddle through and you're shaking and you're trying to hold on to the podium and it's shaking. But, you know, Toastmasters is so supportive. They pick out the three things you did right, you know, <laughs> and by the time you're done with that, you know that you can get through stuff. You know? Yeah, gives you confidence, doesn't it? it? It does. And the thing that gives you confidence is there's so many people there who are just supporting you and they've all been through it. So yes. you screw up and they say, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Try again. No big deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're, you're in Oregon. So there's a lot of outdoor activity in Oregon. Is that, is that something you do with clients or is it mostly just you and your husband? And um, Yeah, it's me, my husband, and then my kids <clears throat> and then some friends and stuff. Um, we actually just went down to Tahoe and stayed there for a couple of days and did parasailing. Nice. Yeah, first time there was four of us and it was first time for all of us. And it's, I, I like to stretch my boundaries. Yeah, and it hurts and it's painful, you know, from the emotional side. And I figured we're gonna do it. We're not gonna die. Odds are we aren't gonna die, you know? <laughs> and it, we love to be on the water and outside and, you know, and free floating and stuff. And it was phenomenal. I would recommend it for anyone. It's not scary the whole time. <laughs> it was on Lake Tahoe itself. Yeah, it was. Uh -huh. Oh, great. Forestar has an office in Reno. So we're there quite often. Oh yeah. Okay. Reno is a great place. Mm -hmm. Great place. Well, yeah. good. So, um, so as you, as you develop this business now and you, now you're of course with stage point, um, what is the best way for you to develop relationships and build trust with your clients? How do you, how do you do that? Okay. And let me just correct. I'm not with Sage Point. I'm with Royal Alliance. Oh, Royal. So, okay. Yeah. Just to make sure that's okay. okay. So, uh, so how do I connect with clients? Sorry. Is that what the question? Sorry. Yeah. Repeat the how do you develop relationships and oh. build trust? Okay. Um, one thing I'm just, I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing person. And I know um, I didn't realize this because I love finances and I'm always just excited to you know, talk about it. But when people are sitting in our waiting room, you know, or trying to get up the nerve to give us a call, they they're sweating bullets. I mean, they they can be so nervous sometimes. And it took me a while to realize that not everyone loves finances. And so I just try to make them feel very comfortable, very much at home. Um, I don't tell great jokes, but. I can slip a few in every once in a while. And I, one thing I tell people, you know, make them feel better is I can pretty much get anyone to retirement if you give me 20 years. If you're 50 and you're willing to work till 70, you know, and do what's needed, you can retire. Yeah. And so I just try and be very optimistic and always try and point out the best of, of the situation they have. Some clients are in pretty dire situations, but I try and make them feel good about what they have done. You know, no matter how little it is, they've at least tried and they're at least chatting with someone that's going to point them in the right direction. Nice. So, so let's talk about working with a client. So you meet a client either through a referral or through maybe one of your, one of your presentations at the school or something like that. You meet, meet a new yeah prospective client they want to work with you then how do you 
how do you develop that relationship? How do you develop that client? Well, I found that the first probably three months to 12 months are the most critical. And just making sure we do everything. We try and follow up with our clients every two weeks on, you know, if there's a rollover or they're investing money or there's insurance to be purchased or something like that. We try and give really good customer service. And a lot of times um, we'll have clients that have assets outside of us. I mean, we have a client right now, the wife just passed away not too long ago. They knew it was going to happen. And he found out she has some um, investments that we had no control over. He didn't even know they existed. Oh. We, we call that other company and we get as much information as we can and as many forms as we can to give to the client to help them fill out. And then my assistant, so sweet, offered to go to the client's house to um, fill out the paperwork. You know, because you just lost someone and all the things you have to deal with, we make it as easy as possible trying to hold their hands. And, you know, for rollovers, we'd much rather be on a rollover phone call and initiate it and have the client there so that we can answer any questions because they get asked questions all the time that they have no idea, you know, and if they make the wrong move or check the wrong box, it, it goes so bad and stuff. So yeah. we just try and do good customer service. Excellent. So then um, how often do you communicate with clients? You said every two weeks? Yeah. If or there's something in process, we try and do every two weeks, you know, at least and let them know, hey, you know, we haven't heard yet. We're still following up on it. You know, have you heard anything on your side? Um, so a lot of communication when someone gets started. And then, you know, after they've been with us for a while, we reach out to them on an annual basis. Uh, most of our clients are fee-based, so we talk to them at least annually. And um, we had the recent downturn. And so there were at least three clients I had to walk off the cliff. And the, the interesting thing is they were ready to go to cash. And I called them back. Um, I wasn't able to talk to them right then. So I called them back like probably within a couple hours or, you know, if it was late in the day, the next morning. And all three of them said, you know, I'm going to stick it out after the phone call. I'm going to stick it out. I understand what our philosophy is and what the reasoning is. And then one of them, we just reached back to them in August, end of June, they saw their statement, weren't happy, wanted to go to cash. And I said, okay, you know, you can, but this is what I recommend. And they said, okay, let's look at it in a month. And we sent them a statement, reached out to them and said, your account is up 7.6%. You know, do you still want to go to cash? <laughs> and that's just in a one month time period. So, so, you know, just understanding what the clients need and looking at it from their perspective, I think makes it the best for everyone. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds really great. Well, good. So then once you do a financial plan, well, let me, let me ask about that financial planning. How do you do the financial planning? Well, we've just started a new process. I'm, I've gone through some coaching. And um, so, you know, I'm close to 60, you know, <laughs> hate to admit it, but getting there, not quite there yet. And uh, I know <laughs> the gray hair, you know, <laughs> I've earned every one of them. Um, and so one of the things I've started doing is charging for a financial plan, because a lot of times um, someone will just want the advice and just want to go away. And we used to charge, you know, an hourly rate. And then the client doesn't want to call you because they say, OK, if I call you and ask a question, then you're going to charge me more money. And that's not what I want. I want them to call me about everything. So we just charge a flat fee and anywhere from, um, I mean, if they just want to do a quick phone call, it's $500. 
um, you know, for a couple hours and a little bit of work. And it could be up to $10,000, depending on how complicated it is. And so we can do the financial plan. And then that way they know I'm just working in their best interest. There's no money to be made later on from it. It's the plan. They can take it. They can walk away. If they do want to do investing with us, then, you know, we will definitely be happy to help them with that. So cool. separating two, I think, makes it a little bit more transparent, which is what a lot of people want to see nowadays. And what kinds of things would cause the plan to go from maybe the couple thousand range to 10,000 or 8,000? Like, are um, there certain models? Yeah. Or do you... If someone wants to do a lot of legacy planning, mm-hmm. you know, um, setting up the trust and um, meeting with family members, um, family generational meetings and stuff, then that takes a little bit more time to figure out what they want to do. And a lot of times people have not thought you know, um, how they want to pass on their wealth and also their knowledge. So it's not just the, the money, but it's how the money was made and what values you want to communicate to the younger generations. And so that can take a little bit more time and effort. Or, you know, if there's business planning or if there's a lot of um, stock options, um, RSUs, things that, you know, make it a little bit more complicated. So you, you kind of price it as you get into it. It may be more later after you've gotten into it, right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't want people to be surprised. So I chat with them for about 15, 20 minutes, you know, maybe more if they need it. And I, I get a pretty good job. Again, I've been in this business long enough. I can pull information out of people and fi- figure out pretty much what's going on with them. And then by the end of the conversation, I can say, you know, it's going to be $2,500. It's going to be 5,000. Oh, okay. This is going to take a lot of work. It's going to be 10,000, you know, and this, if you want to use my services, that's fine. That's great. You know, if you want to scale it back, we can do that. Or if you want to go somewhere else, that's fine. You know. Okay. So you mentioned you mentioned you're with Royal Alliance, and the yeah. firm that you were with became part of Royal Alliance, and that's all part of. Um, well, Advisor Group started buying up companies, and right. so they bought up. I think um, Royal Alliance, SagePoint, um, Woodbury, FSC. Mm-hmm. We just got a new one, so I think there's eight of us now. I can't keep track. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But that's where you're with. You're with Royal Alliance. Yes. Inside uh-huh. of great. So. Yeah. Um, are there some core values the broker dealer has, or is it more your business that's part of Royal Alliance? Um, they do have a saying, we're in your corner. You know, so they, they back us up. They're a lot better than what they used to. They're starting to listen to us a little bit more. Um, we go more for the core values within our company. And we are working on coming to agreement with those on what they are. And um, so again, there's three of us, we're all independent. So trying to find something that we all agree on, <laughs> it takes a while and we know that and stuff. So um, I, if you gave me a couple of seconds, I can probably find out the core values you we're working on, but um, one of mm-hmm. them's in I can't remember. I can pop okay. over to my files and look them up. So Laura, so. you said three of you at resource planning and that's a group that has 70 about 90 million overall between the three of you, or is that just your practice? Um, that's mine. And that was um, <clears throat> before the downturn, you know, obviously it went down and now it's, it's nice seeing it go back up again. Yeah. So um, I was thinking I would hit a hundred thousand by the end of the year. So we'll see how that goes. I bet you will. I'd be, keep <laughs> working. Yeah. You bet you yeah. will. 
So, um, so you and your partners have uh, your resource planning, and then you're affiliated with the, the advisor group firm. Um, so, so the three of you though do some planning and expense sharing and things like that. So there's a firm, a firm within a firm, essentially. Oh yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So then, um, all right. So you do your planning and you meet. How often do you meet with clients um, throughout the year? Um, if, you know, again, if they have a question, then um, we get back to them. And I have a, a rule of we'll get back to you within two days. Okay. No, and definitely if someone is not feeling comfortable with the market, you know, like recently, then I get back to them that day, if at all possible. And it's not unusual for me to do evening calls. Um, I have a younger couple who um, just has wonky schedules. And so they can only meet like Friday afternoon or maybe on Saturday. So I said, okay. you know, we've been trying to get them going. So I, I'll come in and meet with them. But generally once a year, unless something else happens. Some, okay. Unless something so you meet once a year and usually do that in like the first quarter of the year to review the previous year? Um, just whenever. Um, a lot of people like to do it in the September, October timeframe. Um, some people like to do it in the spring. Um, the good thing about this business is not a lot of people want to meet in the summer. So. Right. Yeah. So if they want to meet in the summer, it's usually something important. Like um, I had a client who just got a buyout offer. They, um, you know, could get a pension or a lump sum. And they had, I think, a week to make the decision. And this was right before I was getting ready to go down to Tahoe. And so I said, you know, we need to figure this out because you need a decision by next Wednesday. And mm -hmm. they called me on a Wednesday. So we had like seven days. So I said, let's chat on Friday. I was in Tahoe in the hotel room, kicked my husband out and said, you know, <laughs> and just went over and said, I, this is something I proposed that we could do. And I just want to put it out there so you can think about it. Okay. And then they, they had questions on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. They said, I think we have everything going and stuff. So, you know, I just needed to be there for them at those time periods. Okay. So, um, it, yeah, it's just, uh, sounds like you have a great practice and you have a real commitment to, you know, kind of appreciating your clients and working with them and meeting with them. And, and you do see every client family face-to-face -face in the same room every year. Um, well, face-to-face -face is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, some people. It was hard uh, before. Yeah. It was hard before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people will not meet with us. They want it. They say, you know, let's wait until, you know, everything is fine. So some people we didn't really meet with during COVID. And if they had any questions, we could chat with them, you know, and just make sure everything's okay. But they wanted to make sure that, um, you know, everything was safe before they came in and made, met with us. Sure. Okay. So um, clearly you have been successful and your partners have as well, because when you go up against other advisors to compete, um, some win and some lose. And, and many of the people that lose are the people that leave the business. So if you're in the business, you've been winners. So, so yeah. what makes it successful that you win situations from clients? What makes you guys unique, you and, and your partners unique? Um, you know, I, I try to think about that. I, I wrote down some things <laughs> that I could, um, you know, to do it. And I think it's our personality. Um, I was just chatting with someone um, this week and that, you know, they're shopping around for advisors. And I said, you have to make sure you get an advisor who matches your personality. You know, mm -hmm. someone that you're very comfortable working with. 
because I said, you know, I'm going to call you with some bad news someday and you're pretty much going to hate me for whatever reason. You know, the markets went down or something or you got um, declined for insurance coverage and stuff. So I said, you know, and it happens and stuff. So I said, you, you have to feel comfortable with me and who I work with. But and I have found, you know, I didn't really think about until you mentioned it is when I do um I don't know if square off is the right word, but if someone is chatting with me, you know, as a financial advisors and others, I find that most of the time they come to me and I don't know how many other financial advisors they are chatting with, but I, I always ask, you know, what made you pick me over someone else? You know, and generally I would like to say it's my personality, my willingness to invest the way that they want to invest and willingness to listen to um, kind of accommodate my practice to fit whatever works for them. Okay. Do you have any themes that, that highlight your investment strategy, like growth investing or value investing? Or Yeah, we have been on the growth side and um, the president of the company has kind of led that and said, you know, growth has been doing so good for so long, even though everyone says value is gonna come back, international is gonna come back. We've just kind of held with a growth strategy and it has worked I'm going to say for four plus years now, we've really scaled back our international. Um, we're probably 10 to 15, maybe a few clients are at 20, but we've scaled back the international. Um, I do like to talk with clients about the ESG and the SRI, you know, socially responsible investing and see if they have any, um, any desires for that. And um, if they do, I tell them, if we decide to go that way, you may give up a point or two, you know, in your returns. There are some funds that do really well right now and that can actually compare against others. Right. But, I, but I asked them, I said, you know, what is more important? Do you want growth or do you want ESG? You know, <laughs> sometimes you can't get both. And, you know, and um, what makes you feel good? And then some clients, I say, we just need to get you growing. And I'm just going to look at the best investments out there because you're behind, you need to catch up. If you're comfortable being a little bit more aggressive, we're gonna push it and yeah. stuff. Well, that's great. So, um, you know, all the financial planning obviously generally works unless people spend a lot of crazy, <laughs> generally do well in a good market. Um, but, you know, generally the financial plans, uh, the stress of a financial plan uh, is set up for periods of time like right now. Exactly. Uh -huh. so, so now, now we see whether the plan really works, the market, right? How have the reviews been and how, how have clients been in this? You said there were a few people that were ready to jump, but yeah. uh, most people are okay or? Yeah, most people are okay. And um, I've been telling people since 2009, we've had phenomenal growth. You know, it's going to go down. It's going to go down. No, and I'm, I'm broken record. It's going to go down. Yeah, be prepared. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, we use lower returns. We don't do astronomical returns. If someone's retired, we use like a 5% unless they're very conservative. And even if they're you know, moderately aggressive, we only use like a 7% return over time. And I'm really kind of pleased to, to say that when clients look at their retirement plans, you know, what we started with you know, 10, 5, 10, 20 years ago and where they are now, they're always ahead of time. It's so Great. far have been ahead of where we thought they would be. Great. Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the tough times in the business and that wasn't planned. Suddenly we just had tough times. So are, are the toughest times in the business for you 
or can you think of any other times that have been tougher for you? Um, this this was not so bad for me. Amazingly, you know, I had clients who didn't weren't excited, but <clears throat> I been in. I started in two thousand and two, so I got in at the very end of the two thousands downturn. So I pretty much participated in the upness of that. But I saw clients and how you know two or three years of down returns affects them and stuff. And then um, so with this. I, I had the feeling it wasn't going to last long. And again, I always tell people, um, you know, if the markets don't recover, then we have other issues than the investments you need to worry about. You need to make sure you have water and food, you know, and a second source of energy and those types of things. We live by um, Mount Hood, which may or may not explode at some point, you know, and so there's always the possibility we could lose our water supplies. And so I said, you know, you need to be worried about those things. And then um, I also chatted with clients about, do you remember in COVID how much the markets went down? And nobody, to a person, nobody remembers that. Or I ask them, what was the last time the markets went down? And they have no idea and stuff. And COVID went down pretty much the same as what we've seen right now. And it was back within like six weeks, generally, yeah. you know. And so I mentioned that to people and they are just astonished. They didn't realize that. So. The good thing I like about being in the business so long is one, you know, it's coming back, you know, and if it's not coming back, we have bigger issues and it just gives you a longer term perspective. 2008 was really hard on me. I, um, you know, it was the first time I had my own clients and I had to kind of pay attention to what was going on. And I remember reaching out to everyone, market reviews, what's going to happen. And then I realized nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. And I spent a lot of time, you know, listening to people making um, um, guesses, you know, the double dip, 2008 and 2009, March markets came back. Oh, there's going to be a double dip. Be prepared. The double dip happened, what, 2011 or something? You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. So I think just being in the market a long time and just seeing and having some perspective. And I didn't really lose sleep this time. 2008, I did. I worried a lot. This time, not so much. Okay. Well, good. And it just seems like it's getting more normal. Um, yeah. Used to, there's market rallies and market crashes. So, um, so are, are there any, are there any themes then? Any other, any books maybe that have helped you come up with the ideas that help you lead your practice? Books, movies? Uh, you know, um, I don't read as many books as I should, so I must admit, not, not great on that. Um, I did read The Millionaire Next Door and um, is it Kiyosaka? Yeah, um, Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. yeah, the real estate one and stuff. So yeah. those were good ones. But um, when I started, the people who owned the company before us, you know, all, they all retired amazingly right at, um, at the very beginning of 2020. So, <laughs> so they got out of the great time. Three of the older um, people left the company at that point. Um, but they had a lot of just long-term perspective, which I was very fortunate to get from them and stuff. So, you know, I was new and I would propose something and run it by one of them. They said, you know, oh, one thing someone told me is you don't need to plan a person's whole life. Like a person is 40 and I'm trying to figure out how they're gonna make it to 95 and plan out every little bump. And they said, no, you don't need that because so many things are gonna happen between now and then yeah you don't yeah exactly yeah uh, um sure. one thing i think that helps and one of our my philosophies is to have some safe money set aside for clients you know if someone's going to retire in three to five years okay 
we want you to be able to retire, you know, January 1st of 2023, no matter what the markets are doing, how mm -hmm. much money you need to have like cash. I used to say short-term bonds, you know, not so much, you know, um, something, whatever is safe at the time, I bonds are great right now and stuff. And just, you know, depending on what person's risk tolerance is. Yes. Wow. That's great. So Laura, tell, tell everybody, I mean, basically you're going to have about 300 financial advisors watch this and then <laughs> over the, over the next year, maybe another thousand. And uh, so imagine yourself in a, you're in a room and you're in this big auditorium and you're talking to all those people because you kind of are. Uh -huh. uh, what would you like to tell our colleagues in the industry? This is your forum. Oh, the great, great question. Great question. Um, work with people that you respect. I didn't always agree with the philosophy or the way um, one of the advisors was very risky. And so I didn't agree with that but still they had a lot of really good advice. So I luckily, um, I just looked at a couple <clears> of companies when I was starting out and luckily the company I ended up with has a really good, strong philosophy. We keep out of compliance trouble. So make sure you start out with a good company. The people will support you. They'll be there for you. They'll push you. They'll make you, you know, be held accountable. Um, I, um, started coaching our firm offered a coaching program which i thought was great because i could use all the tools within the company to figure out you know um, which clients i have segmentations assets under management um, you know what training is available what marketing is available within our company and so there was a cost for that it was like twenty five hundred dollars and it was a six month course i think maybe four months i can't remember but that was great and that got me thinking okay growth i probably need to keep growing you know not just be complacent um right. I, yeah because you get to a point it's like okay you make enough money you know you got enough assistance life is pretty good but it's like you know i'm going to be in the business for a couple more years let's grow and so i did that coaching and then i found another coach who i'm working with right now and it's a six-month program and they pushed the boundaries you know they said do these things go on podcasts you know <laughs> interview people you know kind of you gotta you got a rubber band and you just keep stretching it you know <laughs> And stuff. And so before that, I hadn't really used a coach and I'd been in the business for 20 years and I was told I should do a coach and I would say, get a coach. And it may take you a couple of times to find one you like. I, the two that I have used, I really like, and they really resonate with me. Nice. And uh, another thing is you're going to have bad days. You know, when I started out, I made so many mistakes. You know, if you can alleviate those mistakes, you know, listen to other people's other advisors conversations with clients, you know, gain, learn from other people's mistakes, but you're going to make mistakes. As long as you don't lie to a client, you know, make sure you don't lie to the client and say what you're not supposed to say. And if something goes wrong and a client says something to you, that's not nice, or they don't do business for you with you. And you've put a ton of time in shake it off, you know, just, <laughs> just keep going, keep going. That's Once good. you yeah that's and I was great. Gonna, once i hit five years it's like oh i made it i felt very comfortable after five years and at a certain level or um once we hit i think 250 of gdc gross dealer commission not sure right. if everyone that is but once i hit that i kind of made the the payout level that everyone else was at within the company it's like oh yes <laughs> i made it i i know what i'm doing and stuff so yeah just keep going 
That's awesome. Well, that's great advice. And I think perseverance is really the key. Um, yeah. You're uh -huh. a great presenter. You've got a lot of energy. That's that's very, and uh, so congratulations on your success. And thanks for sharing your, your story with us today on the Financial Advisor Workshop. Okay, thank you for having me here. I thank appreciate it. We'll, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Everybody, thanks for being with us today. We'll be back with another great episode shortly with another one of our great professionals in this industry. Some of the hardest working people in America helping organize families' lives to make sure people can survive all the way through to the end, if you yeah. will, and take care <laughs> of family along the way. So thanks again, Laura, and thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the ideas shared here, please subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify and share this episode with anyone you think will also find value here. Please send us your follow-up questions at financialadvisorsworkshop.com. And while you're there, download our guide on how to find ultra-high net worth clients. And if you're a financial advisor looking for more freedom, higher margins, and better training, please set up a consultation to hear more about joining our team by going to fourstarwealth.com slash advisors. All right, thanks for listening. And until the next Financial Advisor Workshop, Keep on growing, everyone.